Hey, this is Daniel, and you're listening to Rushing Forward. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rushing Forward podcast. Today we have Gifted Gwenu, a front-end engineer and technical writer based in Lagos, Nigeria. It's great to have you, Gift. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Any time, any time of the week, literally. <laughs> so a little bit more context to Gift. Um, she's passionate about making the web accessible to everyone and also an advocate for building open source software and developer communities. We were just talking before we started about how she doesn't rest. And I think that, like, the bio speaks to that. Like, where do you get the time? <laughs> okay, I most, I work, like... I have a nine to five, right? So I try to do the extra things I do during the weekends and sometimes oh, after yeah. work. Yeah. It gets it gets challenging sometimes. And I also try to like prioritize self-care uh, at the same time. But yeah, I'm still yeah. figuring out the whole um time management See. thing and yeah, I'm not so, tough like- yet. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it, it, it can seem like it. But yeah, I know behind a lot of what looks really nice and organized, there's a lot of stress behind that. Usually. I don't know about everyone. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned self-care. Like, what are your go-tos? Uh, recently, have, I've been doing a lot of um, drawing. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, truth is, before now, I never saw myself as an artistic person. Yeah, I cannot draw to save my life. But yeah, I I think I got this inspiration from Nitya on Twitter. She does this sketch mm. thing and the rest. I was in one of her talks and immediately, like, I fell in love after, like, it was kind of like a workshop where you follow um, what she's doing, like, after doing that, I just sketching. took a pen. Yeah, sketching. I just took a pen and a paper. I did what I did was like in my eyes it was like shit, right? <laughs> but I felt like I could improve this, and I felt really good doing it at the same time. And not just that, what really made uh, me very passionate about it was the fact that what I sketched out is stuck. Like yes. even like after two days, I could still remember what I did, like, it was a technical talk that I sketched out. I did one, it was a technical talk. Normally, if I watch a technical video, I telling you the truth. Like, it goes, huh? Yeah, but, like, and I still have the notes with me. I could just quickly look through it because they're just visual representations of things I took out of the talk. So, yeah, it's a really great um, side activity that I've started doing. I'm not just sketch noting, I'm also drawing, like, actual drawing. So I drew myself the other day. It was really fun. Oh, I yeah. need to see that. <laughs> Is it online somewhere? Yeah, yeah. It's I actually posted it on Twitter, but I could share. Yeah, I've been doing it. Okay, I, w- I, I will stalk your Twitter after that. Or if you can, please share that. But that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, self-care is super important. Something I'm also trying to um, get down. I used to DJ. as mm-hmm. No, I still DJ. Yeah. Um and and that's very relaxing, but I mean drawing. That's wow. That's an, another thing to add to your very impressive skill set. But I wow. mean, one thing I know you for is um, 
I think you are quite vocal about something called learning in public. Mm-hmm. So could you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, learning in public here simply means like the word you're learning in public. So it's basically you improving your skill sets and not just doing it on your own, but also sharing it with an audience. So in my case, what I do is um, when I when I find something really interesting and something that I want to learn, instead of just like doing it on my own, I tend to like either do a video about it while I'm learning it. I know that sounds unpolished, right? But yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've done. I, it. I mean, I tried live streaming because I yeah. it seemed very interesting, and I just got this overwhelming feelings of like inadequacy like um like am i sure like maybe i'm really bad at this and i'm just showing the whole world how terrible i am at everything yeah so that was yeah yeah but i've been doing it and there is a sense of um what's the word i'll use now i feel accomplished at the end of it i'll give you an example Mm -hmm. see i'm trying to i've been trying to learn a specific thing I'll say, let me say in this case, I'm, I've been trying to learn um, GSAP and yeah. I, I just, I have it at the back of my head that I would learn this thing someday because I see the cool things that people um, do with it, right? And then What is that again? GSAP, it's a JavaScript animation library. So I literally just went to the documentation, did like a... Um, recording of my screen while like trying things out and i posted it on twitter and to my shock gsap retweeted what i did in my head like it was literally just a simple um example that i took out of the documentation and i played with it right but that's an example of learning in public like i i've always wanted to learn that thing and i decided to just do something simple with it and i shared it on twitter not thinking about the fact that what I did is very, um, is not perfect, right? And people might have issues with me saying, I learned this new thing, they should try it out. Meanwhile, it's just like a simple example. But yet, but yet people were saying, this is really cool. And then I was thinking to myself, what did what did I do that people are actually praising? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's just one example out of the many things that I've done in the last couple of years in regards to learning in public. So it's basically just you being open about your learning journey and also being open to feedback, right? Because people are definitely going to um, correct because you're not, it's not as if you are um, experts in that field, right? Mm. So you're literally just learning and also in the sense sharing and teaching other people at the same time. So it's That's like, so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Really? I mean, because for me, the way I think about it, I'm a very, I don't want to say haphazard person, where I start something, I try it, if I don't like it, I let go. Like, very rarely do I catch on to something and then I stick to that. So the whole concept of learning in public is like, you're bringing everyone onto this journey mm. and you're supposed to be sharing everything you're doing. And then for me, with what I just said, let's say like GSAP, for example, I tried out, I post that video. And then, you know, people are like, okay, this is really cool. When are you doing your next thing? But then I don't like it and I want to try something else. And then, like, it registers as a failure. Like, you failed to learn that. I'm, is that something you've felt? Uh, I actually don't think about it in that. I don't think about it like that. 
I mean, moving on to something else, it's uh, if I if I try something right and I yeah. want to continue doing it, and I'm, it's my personal preference, right? Something that I try to always tell myself, regardless of whatever it is I'm doing, is I'm doing all of this for myself, right? First of all, I'm doing it for myself before even thinking about others. So if you're if you're concerned about what people will say, then I don't think you're um, prioritizing your own um, preference or your journey. own yeah or yeah or your or your own journey. So if you don't like it and you move on, it's not as if you stopped doing it entirely. You've not stopped <laughs> the learning. You you not stop your learning journey. You just want to learn something else. That is fine, right? So that should not be that should not be a reason for you that's, to be scared. Yeah, that's very insightful. I mean, I've never thought about it that way. I think like post this conversation, I will go deeper into thinking about like my priorities and what what I'm choosing to learn because I know sometimes a lot of what we learn can be influenced by what we see other people doing and not necessarily <laughs> what we actually want to do. Yeah. How do you combat that? Uh, so first of all, for me, I mean, I won't lie. I also like, if I see somebody that I am um, looking up to post something, mm. I would definitely want to check it out. Like, there's no lie there. But if you yeah. mean <laughs> that, to be honest, you become overwhelmed because I could say that I follow like a thousand people that I want to be like, right? And they all post something that I like. Do I want to learn all those things? No, right? So it should be what do you, like, for me, I have, like, a plan um, what, where I want to be in the next couple of years, even if it's not really polished, right? Because things could just change oh, yeah, in less than a minute. So, so yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, at the back of my head, I know that I want to do, like, front-end engineering i want to be a good technical writer things like that and having those kind of like big goals you'd also have like smaller goals like for instance how do you want to be a good technical writer you want to like improve your writing skills so in that regard i'll follow people that technical writers and are doing great and just pick small things from them like i followed this lady on twitter her name is stephanie morillo you can pronounce it. Oh, yeah. She has that amazing book, um, yeah. Developer's Guide to Content yeah. Creation. Yeah, she That's does. Really and something that I like about Twitter is you necessarily don't need... Twitter is like a book. I don't know if people <laughs> like that. But to me, Twitter is like a book because I could be scrolling through my CEO and I learn five things at once. Like Because people are literally just putting out what they know and I'm digesting it. Right? I think that's where I, you saying that really makes me realize how important it is to like curate who you're following because that's what you're digesting, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so being really intentional about that is important. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've, I really, I really enjoy that aspect of Twitter also. Just everything it gives you and the things you learn. And how instrumental is, is, is like that platform to your journey and you embracing learning in public? I think it actually everything started from Twitter, if I'm being honest. Mm. I learned, I, the first time I saw the word learning in public, it was from Twitter. And I was very, I mean, I was very curious. I had to like look it up and find out what it is. It was from um, Sean, Sean Wang. 
everything oh, yeah, that, yeah. yeah like he's like the pioneer of learning in public <laughs> but every single thing that i won't lie almost everything that i know today i have probably seen it from somebody on twitter even if it's not from somebody on twitter from somebody that i follow on twitter's blog or from somebody's that i follow on twitter's website or something it just it all goes back to twitter and this is also because of how i curate the people that i follow so mm. i make sure that whoever i'm following i'm going to get value from that person right that's interesting yeah. i think i'll do like a call after this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really I'm important because it's very important because if your tl is full of um triggering things like obviously i'm 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 not saying Twitter is the best platform. There is also the bad side, right? Like, yeah. if you follow people that tweet things like that, that triggers you easily, then there is no value. You're not getting any value. So it's better you just leave. That's why I see people leaving Twitter, taking breaks from Twitter. But if you're fo- following people that are giving you value and at some point you know that, obviously, they are not always going to be tweeting about tech things, right? Sometimes, like, what happened last week... Yeah, was it last week? The whole mm. racial... About thing. two weeks, I think. Oh, yeah, it was two the past weeks. two weeks. Yeah. So things like that, it could be hard to um, escape things like that on Twitter. But yeah, but prioritize the people you follow. That's like an advice to anybody listening. Yeah, and me also. I'm going to take that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it's, I, I'm curious to know if... if um, Like one thing I know you for is like you are an avid content creator and then you also do the the whole learning in public thing do you think the two things are tied in um like are they tied together are they connected do you have to create content to be able to learn in public okay yes i'll say they are connected before Mm. before now i used i started creating i started writing for my blog in 2018 that was a two years ago, then I had no idea what learning in public is. But I feel like I was doing it to an extent because my first foray into this whole Twitter thing was the 100 Days of Code. I did it in 2017. That was like my first year in tech. So I did it then. And the, did you I, finish? Yeah, I did. I did. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I tried and I stopped at like day 34. Well, at least but yeah. somewhere. But yeah, yeah. I did, that was like that was the year I became active on Twitter. Obviously, because of I had to like post every day, and I joined the community, and then it was really exciting at that point, and I learned a lot. But after that year, the next year, I said I want to. I don't want to stop like the whole sharing what I'm learning um idea. So I started my own blog. Basically, what I was doing then was just. If I find something interesting or I learn something from work, I would write a blog post about it and share it on mm. Twitter as well. So I did that until early last year, I found out that there is actually a word for it, learning in public, because that is what it is, right? Exactly, even though, yeah. Even though, learning in public. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's the word for it, because I can't say I'm an expert in anything in any specific language, to be honest. Even though I, I'll, I'll give an example. So CSS, right? You can't say yeah. you're an expert in CSS because every single day you learn something new or you 
unlearn something and the journey just continues like that, right? But if you tag True. yourself as an expert, then to be honest, you're not you're not um, adding anything to what you already know. You're just stagnant in that case. That's yeah. That's a really interesting point. I was having a conversation um, with uh, Knut from Sanity. I think he does developer relations. Yeah. And I was just like having this brief conversation around like learning in public, and he mentioned something that stood out. Like the whole concept of of learning in public, it it shifts the perspective of you being the teacher who knows everything mm-hmm. and or like the expert to, to like being a learner and putting out what you consume, what you take up, what you like, what's new to you, what you're interested in. And then it also makes that like a, a more authentic sort of um, interaction because you're not necessarily trying to say, hey, I'm the best at this. You should listen to me. Yeah. But, oh, I found this really cool thing and you might also find it useful. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Because I see, like, there, yeah, I feel like there are two aspects to how you see you see this thing as a content creator, right? You could, mm. I'm a content creator, right? And I'm still, like, in a sense, a beginner, a learner. And you could also say, I'm a content creator and I'm expert, and I'm just here to teach you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not ready to take anything, any feedback from you. I'm teaching you what I already yeah. know. So doing the later won't really, it doesn't really make sense from my own perspective. I don't know what other people think, but I feel like if you tag yourself as a learner, every, the, the idea of being in tech is you should always be learning. Like you can't just... Yeah, lifelong learner. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the idea. So... I don't know. Even if you have 20 years of experience, something new is coming out. The way the new, what is it called again? Dino came out that everybody's raving about. Uh, I haven't even gotten into that. I don't don't think I I will for about a year. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm not interested. Well, that's just me saying that it's good for you to have it at the back of your head that I am... Like like this thing exists. Yeah. Yeah, this thing exists and yeah. That's, that's, it's, it's, um, the, the whole concept really is, is very, very interesting for me. Like I have so many thoughts around it and we've talked a bit about like getting into it, yeah. but I'm going to read like a, I think this was a random tweet I saw like a couple of months ago. I don't know why it stayed in my head. Huh? It basically said the internet rewards those who learn in public. Do you agree? Hmm. I'll have to agree to that. Personally, from my own experience, mm. from doing everything that I do, which ties back to learning in public, I've gotten, like, how do I call it? I don't want to call this, maybe I should call it benefits, right? Yeah, I think that's the first, a good way. <laughs> the first thing that I really like from everything that I do is when I get messages from people telling me that what I posted or one of my videos helped them or they really enjoyed this content that is like the biggest thing that i get out of um doing the learning in public creating content and then can i add to that list yeah sure so so there was that there was that time when um the whole a day in the life of a software engineer thing was trending and then i saw yours and i think it was the only video from africa that anyone put out so that was really nice to see you know so thank you for that oh thank you (laughs) yeah sounds like yeah i remember doing that video last year 
That was really nice. Yeah. It was really, really nice. And I'm sure a lot of um like up and coming software engineers will see that and say, Hey, it's possible. Software sure. engineering is really cool in Africa also. Yeah. So that's nice of you. But yeah, sorry for interrupting you. I just thought I should it's fine. tell I, you that. I needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's like the, the first for me, that's like the number one priority, like in terms of me creating I want people to get value from it, which when I hear people do, I am super happy. And then there is the second part of building relationships from everything that I'm doing. Like, for instance, I followed you on Twitter and now we are having a conversation over the internet, right? Yeah, very true. <laughs> so that's like creating relationships from doing um, the whole learning. Because you get to like meet people in real life, if not for the COVID-19. I know I would have met a lot of people by now. Oh, you get to meet same people. here oh i mean these past four months there would have been so much happening but yeah. i'm sure we'll catch up for yeah. all what we've missed yeah sure you get to build relationship that i feel like is another benefit of putting yourself out there things like that and then there is a the, there is part of career progression which i feel like a lot of people don't think about but i've actually thought about it in my own experience i have been creating content for like two years and i randomly had this um thought what if i never did this where will i be like right now what if i never made that first um for into like doing the whole hundred days of code or being active on twitter or writing my first blog post what if i was just like doing my day nine to five and then i just keep doing that there's going to be a difference in terms of where I am now and if I'd followed the other routes where I would be. So in general, I feel like doing all of this also helps you in your career progression, like how much you grow. Because there's a difference between learning on your own and learning because of a job, right? Mm. There's there's a huge difference. Most of the things that I learn or most of the things I do, I sometimes don't use them in my um, job, but I don't know if there is a job opportunity that I'll get in the future that I might need it, right? But I prioritize my own personal growth in terms of how much I want to learn rather than just focusing on what I'm supposed to use for my job and just learn that, yeah? That's so interesting because I think a lot of people get stuck in the pit of just learning what they will use at their job. And I mean, I don't know how to feel about that because I I, I don't know if everyone is passionate about learning or self-improvement is that something is that a trait everyone should have uh, thinking about it right people might take what i just said another way so there is this other mm. thing about you learning so much and not um focusing on a specific thing and then you're just yeah. like, being a jack jack of all trades and master of none right that's the word but yeah it, it depends on how you see it. i think i see it differently i see it like spending time learning things that for, for instance, I'm not learning everything. I'm learning things that I'm really interested in, things that I really want to learn because I would I see myself using that thing in the future, right? And not just learning every single thing that comes comes out like that. That's definitely different. Mm. So I think yeah, how you that, that, there's a level of um of self reflection that's needed, I guess, to to decide and set set some goals for yourself and say, this is what I want to do. I think it also ties into saying no. I think that's one thing I've learned. Like 
saying no to a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I'm still not like, very like, good at how, that. How, <laughs> no, I think you're pretty good. You know, you when 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 we when we touched the dental issue, you were very clear about that. You said no, this isn't something that I'll touch now. <laughs> yeah. So I think you're okay. I think you're doing fine. But I ah, you'd know you'd know better. Yeah. So I I want to track back a bit. Um, so there's gift a few years ago just finds about finds out about the whole learning public thing, and I mean from the conversations we've had, or even just people assuming, it oh. might seem that it's just something that was natural to you, and you just became good at it instantly. Yeah. How I don't think that's true. What have been some of the struggles? <laughs> Yeah, there's been actually a lot. And I feel like the number one struggle that I have is procrastination. There is so much I can do with mm. the limited time that I have, right? I'll give you an example. Yeah. So this year, there's been a lot going on for me personally, like my personal life. And yeah. I try, I still try to like do stuff, but in terms of how I... Um, how much I want to achieve, I feel like I'm under I'm underachieving right now. If if that yeah, that's correct. This is because yeah, I mean I try. I don't think you. I think you're doing amazing, <laughs> but I I get where those feelings might come from. I, it's something very, very like it's just in us to always want better for ourselves. So the yeah. feelings of underachievement come because you have a very good idea of where you want to be and because you're not getting there. I mean, like you're not there, but you're getting there. So it seems like you're not doing anything at all. I, I, I was talking to a friend um, who was saying something very similar and I, I gave her this analogy of like an aeroplane. Hmm. Like when you're traveling in an aeroplane, you don't seem like you're moving at all. And when you get there, you're like so far from where you, you know, started out. Yeah. So the whole trip might seem like you're not moving at all, but that arrival is really Crucial, what yeah. you know makes things click and like, oh, okay, I've I've moved so far from where I came, and so much has changed. But yeah, I I I I, I definitely understand that. How how do you cope with those feelings though? So I try to. I mean, I've tried doing this thing, which I think has really helped me. It's basically um celebrating my wins not just celebrating them but also noting them down so for every talk that i give for every like um for every podcast that i do every single thing that i do that i feel like it is great i just note them down as part of my achievements and going back to like look at them just really makes me happy so celebrating my small wins doing like the whole journaling noting down where i was before and i i've also tried it's hard but i try not to compare myself with other people i think that's the number one factor here because when you start thinking of your peers and how much they've grown or how 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 much they have achieved and you start comparing yourself to them that's like the mm. killer of all dreams that's I don't I I mean I used to but I've changed my whole perspective so instead of doing that I compare myself to 
my previous self, if that makes sense. Like, where was I in the last six months compared to where where I am now? And then if there is a difference, if there is growth, I'm definitely going to be happy. So I try to do that. And I see myself doing continue continuing on that route. That's really cool. You know, it also makes me happy that I think this podcast will be something that you write down as an achievement. Definitely. I hope, I pray. <laughs> I mean, yes, I will. I will. All right. I mean, that makes me happy also. But I, like the the whole concept of writing down achievements is it's not necessarily something. It's something that I struggle with. I have a journal, but I like what do I even count it as an achievement? And I think it ties into like the whole comparison thing because I mm-hmm. think for me. Looking back, I think this podcast can be an achievement. Yeah, it definitely um, is. But then you see the the whole comparison thing comes, and I'm like, yeah, but everyone else has done a podcast. Why would you be proud of this? <laughs> but yeah, I think this is um, is something I should be insanely proud of, and I will probably rejoice that fact this weekend. Um, yeah, you should, you should, you should. I mean, it's and, the lightest. Yeah, sorry. For, for instance. I literally celebrated um, finishing my website. Like I did that with Netflix and really wine. It is really nice, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, that is my my sort of celebration. What did you watch? Uh, I can't remember. I think that was like a few weeks ago, but I think it should be one of the series that came out. I can't yeah. remember specifically That's- what I was watching, but yeah. It makes yeah that's okay your website is really good though thank you thank you <laughs> but yeah the, um celebrating is something um that i think a lot more people should do and like even the smallest achievement is something we should like like someone was telling me about the like a concept called gratitude rampage like mm. just be thankful for every single thing like even the smallest thing and just that action of doing that brings you so much joy and like there's times where we feel like we aren't doing much or we don't we aren't where we want and then just taking time to like note down the smallest things can just you know affect us positively and like immensely so yeah yeah that's that's a really good um thing to share and so like the 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 comparison thing the um, writing down achievement thing I think it ties into a bit of like self advocacy, like wanting the best for yourself mm. or trying to. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it does. Let me I... just Google this real quick. <laughs> self advocacy. <laughs> I feel like it's when you're speaking out for yourself, like trying, wanting the best, like you said, for yourself. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. it is. How do you approach that? I think that's a thing a lot of people have struggles with. I mean, I'll be honest and say I am not perfect in this regard. Yeah. Like, I know of times that I would have spoke up for myself, but I did not. Simply because I was literally, sometimes I'm usually the only girl in the room or the only black female in the room. And I just feel like I should probably not see this. I've been in situations like this, in like that in the past. There is also uh, yeah. yeah. There's also the part of me wanting the best for myself. And for me to get that, I literally have to do the work. So I literally have to like let people know about what I'm doing. Like let people know about my work. Like 
if I'm doing all these things and I'm just doing them on my own without sharing anything, that is not me like advocating for myself, right? The more yeah. like this, the, the, the slightest thing that I do that I feel like, oh, gift, this is really good. You should, you should be proud of yourself. I just send out the tweets. Like sometimes I feel like you're not supposed to tweet that, you know, right? Delete it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I still send, like, sometimes I'll tweet and then I'll just go off. Because I don't want to see people telling me that, what's that? What did you, like, why, why, <laughs> why did you have... You know, that, yeah. yeah, that is so funny because I do the same thing. I don't know, there's something about, like, I don't, I don't want to call it, like, self-promotion, but it's just so cringe. Like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is about that, but I think that's also a very important aspect of like self advocacy. Yeah. If you because if no one, it, if you don't yeah. share it, yeah, no one, no one will do it. Exactly. And I, I mean, like being who we are and not having, you know, like having to work like five times, even ten times harder than most people have to just to get the same amount of recognition. Yeah. It's it's something that. I think we are plagued to struggle with. If I said that right, um, like, like, yeah. like you shouldn't have to struggle with that because if we do, then we don't achieve what we what we have to achieve when we need to achieve it. But yeah, it's I, it's just so personally, it's yeah. just so hard. Personally, I've come to terms with the fact that as a black female or as a Nigerian, let me just say, as a Nigerian, he literally have to struggle for everything. Last year, yeah. I was uh, I had issues with visa. That is a problem that I feel like every single Nigerian that is in tech have gone through. And that is like the most devastating thing to have to go through. That period, I literally did not know if I'm going to... I, I don't have any criminal record. I, no, I've never done anything incriminating. So mm. why would you want to say no to me? But in that few seconds of having that interview, like I've had like two visas interview in the last year. Just having that How conversation. Did go, by Funny enough, I I got both of them actually. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I have the, I have the worst visa stories. Also. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like I like something. Um, Sultan Hak Sultan said. <laughs> he, I think someone posted the picture of the Nigerian flag mm. and said write a short caption, <laughs> and he said, "Suffer, no data you." <laughs> that is literally true so because yeah, of the stories no. my friends like people in my circle have told me i just i just became afraid like when when i asked people how far how did you run this packet like how did you get this your um germany visa how did you get this your u.s visa you just started telling me their terrible stories and i just became scared immediately like I did not want to even know if I was going to get... But in my mind, I was like, okay, since this is what they do to people, they will literally do it to me. But then, mm. being this spiritual person that I am, I also had to take the situation to God. So it, I would just say it was just God that helped me. Because the decision is yes or no. And it just takes them like two seconds to tell you no. <laughs> right? Ah, that's your words. <laughs> I'm not yes. good enough. <laughs> and they don't they don't even allow you like the few when I was doing my interview, I'll just give you an example. The first five people in front of me, they got no. And I was just waiting to get <laughs> when he was saying no, no. it felt like he was telling me no, no. <laughs> it was terrifying, I won't lie. It was terrifying. Yeah. yeah. It, it is so tough. <clears throat> 
it is so tough. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, it's uh, like the whole, like, there's a lot that you have to struggle with, I know. And it it's sad that we just have to say, okay, this is normal for us. And we just have to get past it and look at it as something that we have to, to get to get by with. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I really don't want to like dwell on that because hey, the stories that can come out, the whole opportunity thing, like I've been seeing a lot of people asking, like, you know, what opportunities have you lost and like stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's really, I like things should be better. Things should be much, much sure. better. Sure. I, I want to change things and, um, and sort of get into like a little personal aspect of everything going on. So like one thing that I started this podcast for was sort of highlight the different struggles that people in tech, um, primarily people in Africa or um, usually like underrepresented people go through when they're trying to build and make a career in tech yeah. and adult at the same time. Because I think both are quite quite interesting journeys. Like, you know, becoming an adult having to deal with all those things and, and then also navigating technology and building a career and stuff like that. So I think we've talked about the career part of it. Yeah. How's your, how's your adulting journey been? Mm. The first thing I would say is nobody would tell you that adulting is hard, right? <laughs> Just get your insight. But, like when you're young, everyone's like, I, I want to grow up because yeah. you think, you know, you have your own money, you be, <laughs> be so independent. I wish. No one tells you you actually have to work for that money. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scam. <laughs> it is, literally, it is. I have, um, so I would say my journey has been good in sense of how much I've grown over the years. But with that mm. comes the hard work and also the part of you getting like um, disappointments and then every other thing that comes with that. But I try to focus my energy on the good part of things rather than thinking of, oh, I've lost these opportunities or I find it's always good to like have that reflection and say, oh, this is where I was before. This is where I am now. But to be honest, being an adult is really hard. Like personally, I have four siblings right and mm. i'm trying to get all of them into tech because <laughs> that's yeah, like <laughs> i was like in nigeria anybody that you see will tell you that say 20 years ago or five years ago they'll tell you that all the money is in oil like crude oil so if you're working in any oil sector you're automatically rich right but that yeah. narrative has, has changed because Right now, we all know the story that that is not true anymore. So in my own opinion, I feel like where the money is right now, it's in tech, right? And being somebody that, so, yeah. yeah, being somebody that's from a family that every every single person has, okay, I'm the second person, I'm the second um, child. My elder sister, she... Oh, same, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My elder sister works in as a civil servant, she's a she's a police officer. Uh, I have junior ones, three siblings, and they're all like following our footsteps, right? So being somebody that I actually, right from my childhood, I wanted to work in tech, even though I did not know 
I would be a software engineer, but seeing how the journey, my journey has been, I would definitely advise anybody coming after me to look, you need to come in because if you if you want to go on and study medicine, that's fine. You spend seven years of your life doing this um studying medicine and then what next is either you leave the country because I'm not going to lie, there are literally people that are diehard fan of Nigeria, like give them opportunities in the US. They'll say they are not going, that they love their country, right? There are people like that, but also you need to be... Who says going <laughs> means you don't love your country? <laughs> I literally don't know. But people are... People, uh-huh. If you're in Nigeria, you understand when people call Canada. So there is this thing that because the country is hard and then there are a lot of political... Um, I feel like this applies to most countries, right? There are struggles and everything so everybody wants to run away yeah and, people, yeah, and almost everybody I'm looking to <laughs> I was having this conversation with Obina and because I was seeing that that someone was posting ego ego b something like that yeah ego b yeah that's a thing yeah ego b <laughs> that's cool yeah I mean um it's definitely a struggle and yeah if you if if it's easier somewhere else I mean you'd be able to thrive much easier in other situations. Uh-huh. So for me, yeah. yeah, for me, generally, I don't think that I've figured out, I have everything figured out. I don't. But what I have, what I know right now is I found a way out, which is for me, true tech. So I, I'm trying my possible best to like bring other people into it. Like, for instance, my junior sister, she's a designer right now. I'm trying to teach my brother to learn JavaScript, but he says no. Literally this morning, he came to meet me and he told me he wants to um, learn design like my sister. And I said, that's fine too. As long as you're still within the same tech, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like having those people follow my footsteps, it literally just makes the whole family like have... For instance, I'm seeing myself like in the next five years, I shouldn't be in this country, right? I don't know what I'm doing here. If I'm still here, pick me up. (laughs) I will remind you. I think we'll we'll chill wherever you are. Yeah. Either Europe or the US. (laughs) I don't know where, but but that's the dream, right? Everybody's Mm. looking for greener pastures. And if you can bring people, like, don't just go alone, like, try to get people around you as well. So that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm starting with my family first and also people around me. So if I can show them the way, the way I found the same for myself, then it's great because it's going to literally change their lives. Yeah. Yeah, true. It, it literally changes your lives. I think this is this has been a recurring theme in a lot of my podcast um, episodes, how tech in Africa specifically is set to change a whole generation yeah and i was having a conversation with someone on twitter about how the whole covid situation and companies moving to remote work will hopefully help people embrace hiring remotely mm-hmm. and then change a lot of the economic social economic factors in a lot of countries that wouldn't have you know access to this income yeah normally so yeah. i think that is that is really good i mean okay we're about to wrap up but this is something that I've been itching to ask. Okay. Nigeria specifically um, is like a lot of people when they talk about tech in Africa, like the mm-hmm. first country they think about is Nigeria. And 
understandably there's so much talent there and there's so many great things coming out of um out of the country what do you think brought that up like what are you doing right mm, that's an interesting question so i like to think of this hopefully as... <laughs> <laughs> what am i doing right i don't know if i'm doing anything right to be honest i just hear people like you telling me that i'm doing things right and it's refreshing to hear but i feel like i'm winging it right but true <laughs> i mean everyone I, everyone probably will that's something yeah, i'm learning yeah but i feel like the people that started the whole i mean i'm not i'm not part of the early tech um people tech i don't know what to call it technical software engineers in nigeria i'm not in that um i'm not in that age range not age range hmm. but basically i'm not in that group I literally started my career three years ago, but if there are people that have been doing this for years and they've not only been been doing it, they've also be, been advocate they've been advocating for Nigerians. An example is Prosper. I feel like everybody knows Prosper because of what he does. Yeah. Yeah. So and we have we also have Chris um Code Beast as well. So these people have oh, been those yeah. are some amazing people. Yeah. These people have been there. True they each advocate, advocate for Nigerians. And the people coming behind, like people like me, people like Adora, people following, are also doing the same thing. So I'm now seeing it like a generational thing. So instead of people come, do as much as they can to spread the word about Nigerians and the talents that we have there. And then another group of people come behind, like it just keeps going on and on. And that way you see you see literal growth like the number of people that are even starting starting their tech journeys in nigeria alone and not just because of individuals there are also companies trying to bring up more talent in the area like i know of this um i think it's called andela i used to work in andela and they have mm. they have this um alc program that literally trains thousands of people how to be, how to start a career in tech. And they've been doing that for years. And I could say that out of pe- out of these programs, they've literally made engineers, software engineers, they've made um, um, machine learning engineers from these programs. So all these things coming together as one is what I feel like that's what is making up the whole tech talent, the whole buzz in Africa and in Nigeria specifically. So it's not just one person's work. Is the okay? I'll just say it's community-wide efforts. That yeah, yeah. That is super nice to hear. So you were at Andela, yeah. You worked at Andela. Yeah, I did. So yeah. you will be part of the future very successful Andela Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. I actually left uh this year, so it's been a few months. But yeah. Well, that's that's really nice, but I think. It makes a lot of sense. It's usually a community effort. I don't know if this saying applies. It takes like the whole village to raise a child. Exactly. So it takes like a whole ecosystem to make it blossom. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that, but that, that, that's, that's, that makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And like the generational thing you mentioned is like, I think it's something super important. So like maybe a couple of devs for three years did their whole advocacy thing and then passed that on to, um, like you said, you and Adora, you're doing the thing for like maybe three years and then passing that on to other people. Yeah. 
yeah that's that's super important i think that's a really good note to end on <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> gift um thank for you. coming coming on and sharing everything and just being um awesome as usual where can people find you online uh i'm on twitter my handle there is laura gifts bits and underscore i, I think it's, it's the same on instagram and every other place and then i have a blog gifts nice okay i'll put some of those links in the show notes um but yet again thank you for coming on gift thank you and thank you so much for listening everyone see you next time Thank you for listening to Rushing Forward. Tweet us your comments and suggestions at Malgamvers, M-A-L-G-A-M-V-E-S, and at Codecast ZM.